Warning, anime out of context has strong language, spoilers, stupidly wrong ideas, and general silliness. Neither of our hosts are professionals and do not take their opinions as such. Listen at your own discretion and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I flip the sign on my hopes and dreams to vacant. I'm Sean Rollins. I'm Remington Chase. And Remington, I've got a special treat for you today. I hate every time you get excited about showing me something. But this is genuine excitement. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. But Remington, this is a very special day for us. Oh, God. Because we're going to be doing an anime that was recommended to us in an email. Oh, oh, we're doing a recommendation. Yeah, got our first recommendation, and I figured, you know what? I like that anime. Let's give it a bash, see what Remington thinks of it. Okay, I I did not read the recommendation emails because that's your forte, so I don't know what to expect. Oh, it is quite a good one. I was honestly expecting recommendations to be primarily horrible anime. You know, things designed to torture your living soul. Or what's left of it, that is. But but this listener was looking out for me. He was. Oh, I appreciate you, listener. There's not a whole lot of preamble I can do. There's not a whole lot of tricking I can do with this anime because it's just one of those anime that is considered the baseline for people who are interested in anime and don't know where to start. Oh, okay. So what a perfect time to start 11 anime in. Why would I start the show with a really good anime? (laughs) I'm finally getting a gateway anime in. (laughs) Exactly. I'm showing you this anime because one, it was recommended, and two, it's a really good anime and it sets a really good baseline for people who want to learn a little bit more about anime and see what it's kind of like while still having some westernized themes in it. Okay. Now, Thank you very much, Andrew, for recommending this anime to us. Especially if it's good, Andrew. But if in part two, I end up hating this, Andrew, you're to blame. It will be your fault, Andrew. Uh, But don't (laughs) worry, I think he'll like it at least more than most of the stuff I've shown. (laughs) We'll see about that. Because today, Remington, we're going to be talking about the anime called Cowboy Bebop. I've heard of it. You've heard of it? What do you know about Cowboy Bebop? Nothing at all. I've seen its name a lot, Mm -hmm. and I've seen its name a lot all around for years, but I know absolutely nothing about it. Like, I don't even know the art style, like, any visuals from it. I've never seen an image from it. I just know the name. It's amazing that you know the name, but I've never seen any symbols or anything from it. Yeah. Well, like I said, it is a large majority of people's gateway anime. Okay. Every time someone's like, hey, I'm looking for an anime recommendation, most anime fans will be like, have you seen Cowboy Bebop? And and, and I definitely have not. Okay, so what, what is it about? Do you have any idea what the name Cowboy Bebop could insinuate? What do you think this whole anime is about? All right, for Cowboy... Okay, here this is going to be a weird guess. Here's here's my very strange guess, but I feel like Cowboy is going to be somehow like there's an American character and because <laughs> there's an American character, the just the Japanese's view is that we're all either like super Hollywood or straight up cowboy and in this one it's a straight up cowboy and the Bebop 
I'm either thinking dancing or robot. That's the only possible thing. I don't know what to do with Bebop. You don't know what to do with Bebop? I don't. Like, I does it mean anything? I think it's a music genre, if I'm not okay, mistaken. Okay, so it is music. Okay, see, I was on the right track. I'm nailing this. <laughs> Except for the part where you completely guessed incorrectly. But if it's cowboy and it's music, how could I have been wrong? The thing is, this anime does have a heavy focus on music. Okay, is it going to be like dance battles? No. Damn. I would watch that anime. It almost certainly exists. Oh, somewhere. I'll keep an eye out for that one. But no, Cowboy Bebop is actually best what you would call a space opera. A space opera? Do you know what a space opera is? Hear me out, Sean. It's an opera in space. Perfect. <laughs> Except, you know, no singing. Aww. Space opera is kind of a slang genre term. It's just a... A genre that means a story in space with a fairly simplistic undertone. Ah, that's a damn shame. I was really hoping for just a genuine opera in space. There might be a little bit of opera in the show, though. <laughs> I, I will neither confirm nor deny that for you, just to keep your hopes up. Oh, perfect. So Cowboy Bebop takes place about 70 years after its airtime, which is 1998. Oh, so, so it's going to be in... 26x basically except they actually do give definite years and stuff. okay perfect. i actually think it's in 2070 something if i'm not mistaken okay okay uh and the overall setting is earth is basically inhospitable now not surprising not at all no but we have managed to colonize and terraform all the surrounding planets for the most part oh wow yeah and their moons okay so this the whole setting for this is in the future but not like your clean, amazing future. It's like a grungy, urban, heavy type of metal future. It, it, it's like the Earth of Wally. -E. Yes. Perfect. Yes. Wally -E is my favorite anime. Mine too. <laughs> Eva is my waifu. <laughs> but so it's not going to be your Star Trek type of thing. It's going to be uh, more like your alien type of space. I have not seen Alien, but I'll accept that reference. <sighs> We really need to start a podcast where I just show you movies. <laughs> yeah, we're immersing myself into anime, but I've yet to even immerse myself into Western cinematic culture enough. We'll fix that eventually. <laughs> so very kind of straightforward, kind of dark undertoned uh, society that you're living on. You've got spaceships that can travel quickly between planets using hypergates. Uh, are you familiar with hypergates in sci-fi? I am. I'm aware of those. Yeah. You're bending space and time to just whoop right through. Exactly. As opposed to having a light speed drive in your ship itself, you have actual gates that are set up at predetermined locations to go through. Yeah. I always found that to be a very interesting way of getting around in sci-fi, and it works really well for this. Uh, and Cowboy Bebop is about this crew of bounty hunters. Okay, so is it called... Okay. For Cowboy, that half of things, is it just because because they're bounty hunters, because they're exploring space, the, the new frontier, etc., etc., uh, so therefore they're like Cowboys in that adventurous, free-spirit, renegade sense? Basically. So what we're dealing with right now is basically the Wild Wild West, but in space. Okay. Because while there is government and control on all these colonies, there are so many colonies and they're so far apart that crime is kind of running rampant. Uh, there's a lot of areas that aren't policed. And then uh, the government and law enforcement have to rely on bounty hunters to 
you know, get some of these excess criminals offering rewards and things like that. Okay, so that's stereotypical wanted poster. Mm -hmm. Except all wanted posters have to be completed by bringing in the person of interest alive. Oh, okay. Or else you don't get the payout. They have to be alive. They have to be alive. That's their way of keeping, you know, order and things. Because if they're dead, that's just more crime. You know, you're just having a bunch of dudes running around killing people for money. And you don't want that. I mean, but they're killing bad people for money. True, true. But at the same time, killing begets killing. Didn't Batman teach you that? I also haven't seen Batman. Oh, for crying out loud. (laughs) This is... Most of my content is based on cinematic or movie references. Nah, I only watch trash. That's exclusively... But that's why I'm here with this podcast, so it works out. Just because all anime is trash doesn't mean it's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so you have the Wild West with some weird but I'll accept it morals and rules. Yeah, it's the group of these bounty hunters on their ship known as the Bebop. Oh, Oh, so it's just called the Bebop. Yep. Is it called Bebop for any reason, or is it just... That's just what it's called. All right, cool. The entire series, it goes through their adventures of their bounty hunts, and each episode is a different bounty. Okay, so it's just nice, very episodic style. It is very episodic. There is an overarching story, but it's one of those things that is not the point of the show. Okay. It's one of those things where it's sprinkled here and there in different episodes, so you kind of get an idea of what's going on. But you watch the show to see the characters and their individual situations and see how they interact. Okay, we've seen that work well for me with Umaru-chan and work very poorly for me in Fist of the North Star. So we have one on each side. Mm -hmm. Let's see how I enjoy this style a third time. It'll be really good, I'm sure. Because each episode has an individual bounty in it, it's kind of like each episode is like a short western movie with some noir elements thrown in i do like noir elements yes not many but just a few undertones here and there and you'll be able to tell that just by the way they tell the story okay they tell the story through a lot of broad visuals and interesting soundtracks with some you know very short quips here and there from uh the different characters that get introduced you know kind of like they do in old noir films you know you got this sultry lady coming in and is like well got a big one for you that's them lighting a cigarette by the way <laughs> that's what that was that that's my pro foley work right there <laughs> and just you know a lot of very heavy undertones that you kind of have to look into yourself. What made Westerns and Noir really popular with their drama? Okay. They don't give you a lot of information outright. Okay. They kind of leave a lot of speculation to yourself, but not so complicated that you're going to be wondering about it for episodes on end. It'll just be something that you're kind of watching the episode and be like, oh, this is what's going on. That's really interesting. It'll be see how this goes, and then maybe there's a small twist at the end, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't have guessed that. Okay, I dig it. And really, the show is about the characters themselves. There are, let's see, five characters on the Bebop by the end of the series. Okay, five characters. Okay, and who are these characters? Well, you've got the main protagonist, Spike. Cowboy McGee. Close enough. Spike Spiegel. Spike Spiegel! Oh, yeah, a lot of these names are like that. Oh, my God! Spike. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! Oh, there's more. Oh, okay, with the next one. There's Spike Spiegel. Yep. Then there's Jet Black. Oh my god. And then after this, the names get a little more reasonable. Then there's the the female member, the first female member, I believe. Faye Valentine. 
<laughs> you said they got better. At least that sounds like a name. <laughs> it's better than Jet or Spike. These are all the most melodramatic names I have ever heard in my life. It's a fairly melodramatic show, and oh I love that God. fact. And the fourth member of the crew is Edward, and their name is quite complicated. <laughs> okay, they just... It's, it's very complicated. Because it's not like a simple one-two name like the other ones. It's not a Jet Black or a Faye Valentine. Oh, no, it's even more melodramatic. No, their full name is Edward Wong Hao Pepelu Trivuski IV. What the fuck? I'm not going to repeat that. <laughs> these names! I, I think I adore these names. I think I absolutely love them. Okay, and then you said there was a fifth. The fifth one is my absolute favorite character and is introduced in episode two, actually. Okay. Their name is Ein. Ein? Ein. E-I-N. Ein. What? What? That's uh, German for one, by the way, if you didn't know. Oh, okay. Are they German? No. Do they have a last name? No. Okay, so they're probably, they have to be like some alien or something like that, is, is or robot or non-human standard creature. Well, I mean, there are plenty of humans who only have one name. Well, yeah, but I mean... Kesha. <laughs> the go-to example for a single name. Prince? Oh my god. My my one-name music artist is a little limited. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cher, we're nailing it. Yeah, exactly. See, there's loads of them. So why is there such a problem with Ayn? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let Ayn pass, but I'm super suspicious about Ayn. I think something's up with Ayn. Ayn is my absolute favorite character, and one of my favorite characters in all of anime, if I'm honest. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Okay. And a lot of people will agree with me on this. Oh, that's it. Okay, And I can guarantee that Ayn is going to be your favorite character. Uh, that I, what I take from that is that Ayn is adorable, and because I am Moe Trash... <laughs> I think what, what you're trying to indicate is that I'm going to love Ayn because they're presumably adorable. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's going to be my guess. <laughs> uh, a little more into their characters, I suppose it would be interesting to kind of tell you about. Because, like I said, not a whole lot of overarching story. There is one, but it's about the characters' individual pasts. Okay. Because that's where this show is really interesting, is the fact that it is a show set in the far future, a far grim, dark future. But the show is mostly about the characters pasts so it's that okay. kind of controversy and converse dynamic that makes it really interesting because so so it's it's just like how we all got here here's my disturbing past what about your disturbing past basically but they very rarely blatantly tell you these things okay they'll give you hints and tidbits throughout each episode just kind of overarching sometimes they'll have a whole episode that's dedicated to their kind of individual stories uh-huh but you'll never get the whole story from an episode. And that's kind of what makes this anime really good. Okay, I is like that, that there's quite a lot to read into, but at the same time frustrating because you'll never get the full story. Okay, so, okay. I think I like that, but it can definitely go either way in execution. Mm -hmm. And this show is just good for a lot of reasons, but the primary reason that people love it is for one, that overarching character development. The music is the biggest, one of the biggest things in this anime. When you talk about music in anime, you always have to mention Cowboy Bebop. Okay, so, Sajan, let me, let me just add up what we know so far. Yes. So, this is about a bunch of bounty hunters trying to do right in the world, in space, with a fantastic soundtrack, this band of heroes. So we're watching anime Guardians of the Galaxy. 
<laughs> is that correct? I mean, less superpowers. <laughs> but there's one thing you're slightly off about. They're not exactly doing this to be good. Oh, okay. They're kind of doing this because they're piss poor broke and they need money. That, well, I mean, whatever works. Because, that resonates with me. Yeah, because a lot of these characters aren't exactly good people. Oh, okay. I mean, they do Even have better. They do have some morals, but the real thing about this anime is, in its episodic nature, they always get a bounty. They go on this adventure, this big adventure, to get this bounty, and then for some reason or another, they lose all the money in the end. Oh. <laughs> so it, like, like, is it from their own doing, or do they... sometimes, sometimes not. So, like, sometimes they get robbed, sometimes they just get way too much to drink in the super space bar. Basically, they're the most unlucky bounty hunters on the face of the planet. <laughs> okay. Or planets, as it were. Yeah. And that's what makes it really entertaining, because you're thinking to yourself, okay, there's no way they can lose the money this time. Oh, wait, that just happened. Why did that just happen? Come on, can't you give these guys a break? Haven't they been through enough? So to make yet another comparison, which I've been making a lot of today, but I think it's apt. So this is like Ed, Ed, and Eddie and the Jawbreakers. <laughs> I'm really on fire with these comparisons, if you couldn't tell, Sean. Jesus. Um, but tell me I'm wrong on any of them. I feel like I'm nailing it. Uh, you're wrong on a deep emotional level, Remington. <laughs> Because these characters actually have depth to them. Hey, hey, Ed and Eddie is a fucking great show, you son of a bitch. Yeah, with the depth of a paddling pool. Andrew, I would like you to write in uh, about your thoughts on Ed, Ed and Eddie, unless you don't like Ed, Ed and Eddie, and then don't write in at all. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, Andrew, Andrew, back me up here. Uh, we're doing your episode. Tell Sean that it's just like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's all I want you to say in the email. No one will ever do that. <laughs> Anybody else, if they want to send emails as well, that would be fantastic. I I don't believe you sometimes, Remington. <laughs> and before we get into it, I do want to talk a bit more about the music. Because as you understand, bebop is like a genre of music or a subgenre. Yeah. And all the episodes are titled after songs. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Things like Honky Tonk Woman. Uh, that's just the one that stuck best with me, if I'm <laughs> honest. Because I actually know that song. Oh, Sympathy for the Devil. That's another one. Okay. You know, songs like that with a bit of a dark undertone or a bit of a story-based tune to it. So the episode yeah. title can be kind of tied to the episode itself. And you kind of can, can make that connection when you read the episode title and you watch the episode itself. Okay. But also the soundtrack in it is so good because they use an awesome mix of instrumental, primarily jazz and blues. I dig it. And their opening theme is one of the best opening themes in anime. And it's just a super snazzy jazz tune called Tank. I really like me some jazz. Like, you will never skip this intro because of how catchy it is and how good it is and how well it sticks with you. Ooh. Uh, and it'll even, in some of the more dramatic moments, they'll throw in some vocalized background music. Like, even a little bit of, like, heavy vocalization, some old opera here and there, maybe. It's very interesting what they decided to do with the soundtrack and how they lay it out in the individual stories. Okay. And the final big thing that makes this show really good is the action sequences. Do we actually get good action sequences? We get some of the best action sequences in anime. They are well choreographed, well thought out, well animated, and they actually feel like they have impact. 
because I'll be honest, we haven't seen a lot of great action sequences in the anime we've done so far. Like off the top of my head, Madoka Magica had some really good ones, uh, but that's one of the few anime that's had any decent action sequences. And this one is one of the ones that has some of the best. Ooh, all right. Just based purely on the fact that it's mostly a lot of straightforward fist fights with a few gunfights thrown in. There are no lasers or anything like that. Don't get ridiculous. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Lasers are the future. That's a preposterous thought. Exactly. We got old-fashioned guns and bullets. <laughs> sometimes swords. Of course. You gotta have swords. And sometimes body-enhancing drugs. What? Nah, you'll get into that later. <laughs> Pardon me? Oh, you'll understand. Like, they do take quite a few liberties with some of their sci-fi elements, which is perfectly fine, because really, the more creativity and interesting things you add into a world, the better the world is. See, it's a very rare case when not only are you describing an anime to me, but you're really hyping up nearly everything about it. I feel like I'm barely doing it justice, honestly, because I don't know if you know this, Remington, but back in the olden times, <laughs> back in the early 2000s, it was kind of hard being an anime fan. We didn't have these fancy streaming services like Netflix or Crunchyroll. I, I've watched Remo. I know the struggles of, of the otaku. <laughs> You know, you had to import some things or you had to go to less savory streaming sites to try and find the anime you want. So you barely had time to consume uh, the kind of animes that you'd like and uh -huh. you didn't want to waste your time on bad animes. Yeah. So there's like a set of like five or six anime that mid-2000s people are always recommending to you if you haven't seen just to give you a good baseline of what's good, worth watching, and help you have a voice in the anime community. Okay. Cowboy Bebop is at the top of that list. Wow. All right. Well, I I mean, I'm I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I'm genuinely concerned that I won't like it. I don't think I have any reason not to right now. But now, not only am I at risk of disappointing you, which I'm fine with, or disappointing <laughs> our viewers at large, which I have shown I am fine with, but... I'm at risk of disappointing Andrew, and that... We can't do that to Andrew. <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'm hoping I like it for you, but we, we will have to see. And don't worry, Andrew, you gave me two recommendations. I will get to the other one eventually, but maybe not for a long while. Ooh. Until then, let's watch some Cowboy Bebop. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We have just gotten back from watching a couple episodes of the esteemed Cowboy Bebop, three to be exact. Now I know you're thinking, that's so few. Why did you only show them that many? Because I honestly had a feeling that just with those three episodes would be all you needed to have a good idea of what Cowboy Bebop is like and to show you where all the quality lies within. And by that, he means we sort of ran out of time because we have lives outside of the podcast that complicate things. <laughs> You're ruining the magic, Remington. <laughs> but nonetheless, we got to our minimum of three. And more or less, this is kind of a first look series. Until that, the day we decide to go back to an anime that we've already covered, which... I don't want to return to any anime. <laughs> oh, don't be such a baby. Everyone's already heard my opinions. They don't need to hear me in pain again over the same old shit. 
But it's one thing to take a bite of a sandwich and be like, okay, that's pretty good. But then to completely finish the sandwich and then decide how you feel afterwards. I don't know about that. Look, you're a big fan of the sandwich analogy. I feel like it applies here. <laughs> anyway, back to Cowboy Bebop. So Remington, Cowboy Bebop. I've hyped it up. I've told you all the good things about it, why everybody loves it. I want to know what you think of these first three episodes. All right, so uh, yet again, I have quite a few thoughts, and I've, I've decided how I feel about it. And not everyone is going to like how I feel about it, though I do not feel badly about it. Oh, good. I mean, last time we had this kind of discussion... <laughs> I feared for my life. <laughs> yeah. I I just want to get that out of the way that uh, put away your pitchforks, though you may disagree with me on a few things. Okay, well, this'll be this'll be a slog, I'm sure. Alright, Remington, what are your first thoughts then? What would you like to talk about first? First of all, I, I want to say that I think that Cowboy Bebop is a good show. I want to get that right out of the way oh, first. Oh, thank God. I think it's a good show. For those three episodes, it was strongly stylized. The characters had personality. Uh, you could tell where it was going. It was cohesive. It's a well-put-together show. Oh, thank God. Now, to delve into some more specifics, I think that it does have a few problems but ultimately, where I would classify this in the end, in the long run, is that I like it, but I don't love it. If it was on in the background, that would be fine, but I don't think I would actively go and search out more Cowboy Bebop. Okay, okay, I'm calling that a positive review. <laughs> That's a positive review, guys. Did you hear that? Yeah, Remington I, likes it a bit. I, I think it would go on the like positive end of the spectrum. Like I think it would probably give it like a six or a six and a half, where five is completely neutral. Like I, I think I would put it around where I put Umaru Chan. Maybe maybe one peg below Umaru Chan for me personally. Oh God. But... Every time you compare a good show <laughs> and put it below fucking Umaru Chan, a little part of me dies. Do you understand this? Umaru Chan is a good show. <laughs> you moe piece of shit. And let me say the difference. I think Cowboy Bebop is is a better show. However, my claim, and I think this is relatively important for me, Cowboy Bebop is a good show that will be likable to just about anybody. That's why it's such a good gateway anime, is because a lot of people are going to generally like it. However, it doesn't have much niche appeal for just about anything. It hits its rubric very nicely, and it does what it does well, but it doesn't have much that I saw that was special about it. And at the end of the day, it didn't make me feel anything. Whereas something like Umaru-chan, that is very niche. A lot of people are going to have mixed feelings about it. However, if you are into that kind of thing, you're going to really enjoy it. I mean, yeah, that's a fairly good summary. It still hurts me that you're putting Umaru-chan above this. Just ever so slightly. Oh, dear God, man. Okay, uh, did you have anything more specific about it that really caught your attention then? I would say, on the negative side of things, I thought the pacing was a little bit off. In that, I felt like it was going both too fast and too slow. For those first three episodes, 
I feel like they didn't give enough time to a lot of the major events. Each individual story arc per episode, I felt like it ended so quickly. Thus, just being a limitation of, of course, the medium and only being given 20 some odd minutes to do so. But nonetheless, it did feel like none of the stories in the first three episodes were given the proper amount of time I would have liked to see. Whereas at the same time, it felt like there was a good amount of filler in each episode that I could have done without. That almost bored me at times. Yeah, the thing about Cowboy Bebop is, is it has a lot of, I suppose you could call it dead space. But at the same time, it, that space is filled with the world surrounding you, uh, not a lot happens in some scenes, but at the same time, you get a feel of what your what the characters are going through and what your the world they are in is like at the time. It's a very visual show, I feel. And I totally understand that, but I would have liked to see it done more in the way of, say, uh, Black Mirror does a great example of this where every single little detail builds the story, builds the characters, does so in an interesting way, where even the dead space is intriguing. What... It, it also does that I thought Cowboy Bebop lacked is originality in a lot of ways. Cowboy Bebop, it's interesting, but at the end of the day, it seems like it's a lot of different archetypes mashed into one in a nice way. But once you start watching the anime, you have a really good idea of what you were going to get. There weren't any surprises in the first three episodes, and I'm sure that, of course, as with any show, there are going to be surprises down the line, but ultimately, that doesn't seem like it's going to be their bread and butter. They're going to be relatively, not per se predictable, but not wildly unpredictable. It's true for a lot of the episodes. Because this is an episodic series and most of the events are concise into the individual episodes, the only continuity of this show is with the main characters and their relationships and what we learn about their pasts. Because I mentioned in the first half that this is a futuristic anime all about the past. And if you pay attention to each individual episode, you'll see all kinds of little subtle hints focusing on characters' pasts, uh, what they're going to be doing in the future based on what they've done in the past, their past debts, for example, that's a big theme. And just the lives they've lived before now. And you're, most of the enjoyment from the show is actually learning about these individual characters and why they want to leave their past behind. Or rather, why they want to learn from their pasts. And I would say the characters, at least the ones that we've met so far, they've done a really good job of establishing these characters. Even the side characters, like all of the people that are being hunted by the bounty hunters. I thought they did a really good job of quickly establishing who they were, the type of person that we can expect. And they didn't do so perfectly. I would have liked to see some more depth in a, in some of the villains. But that being said, I understand with especially it being episodic, these being very, very expendable characters that you're not going to spend too much time crafting them. But I would have liked to see it a little bit more. But overall, the character design was pretty strong. I could understand the characters quite quickly. I liked the characters generally, though once again, I didn't feel too strongly about any of the characters, except for the obvious character, Ayn. I loved Ayn. Oh god, I loved Ayn. Everybody loves Ayn. If you don't love Line, you are a Nazi. 
Ein, to those who don't know, is an adorable corgi who's apparently super intelligent. I, I figured that out and then it told us that. And it hasn't really been shown other than like sort of in the escape scene. But nonetheless, he's so cute. He has a fluffy little corgi butt and I am in love. I knew when you said that I was going to love him that it was something adorable. And I was right. It's adorable. I'm all in on the adorable. Favorite character, easily, Ein. I can agree with that because... How can you hate a corgi? Ayn is the epitome of best dog in anime. You'll always hear people argue about who is the best girl in a specific anime or anime overall. Best girl wars happen consistently. There's no such thing as a best dog war. You'll see a dog in an anime and be like, mm, but is it Ayn though? Oh, it has to exist somewhere where there's like a forum post or somebody made like a tournament of the best pets in anime. If you are familiar with anything like that, please email it to us. <laughs> and then Sean is going to look at it first so that way I don't get spoiled with any amazing anime pets that he's eventually going to show me. But then he'll tell me the results. And if Ayn is not on this list, it is a travesty. Exactly, because Ayn is the best fucking pet in any anime. He's so good. I mean, he's got good comedic time. He actually has plot relevance. He's just adorable. And I mean, other pets in anime don't really do that. Uh, there are some sentient familiar style pets that can talk and stuff, but that's just not the same thing. Yeah. And so I'm easily number one out of all the characters. Which I can uh, completely agree with, and I'm okay with that, as I am sure everybody else who has seen Cowboy Bebop will agree with you. Because Ayn is technically the purest, goodest character in the show. And then something else that happened was we broke our never-ending streak of bland male protagonists with Spike, who wasn't just a bland male protagonist. He had some swagger about him. He had some personality about him. He actually did things in an interesting way. Dear God, it was such a nice break. Spike is a really good character, and that's why... This show gets a lot of good reviews is because the main protagonist is, like you said, a person. Not just your cookie-cutter, male, dark-haired protagonist who does one thing really well. Yeah, he's mischievous, he's charismatic, he's sassy, he's a strong fighter, he's very capable. Now, I think that he fits the archetype, yet again, a little bit too strongly. Once you know what type of archetype Spike is... He's super talented, super ambitious, super mischievous. He will eat anything at all. You understand, you've seen these characters before, you know what kind of character he is. And it doesn't go much past that. It does that well. It fits the formula well, but it doesn't add anything really brand new to it. And that, Remington, is the problem with doing a first look at certain animes. Because as we go out through this anime, it's a 26-episode anime, that's it. Uh, and one movie. The movie's pretty good, too. Oh, did it? Is it only one season? Only one season. Really? Yeah. Something this popular. Only one season. I am genuinely surprised by that. It was such a good, complete story, even though it was an episodic series, that it only needed the 26 episodes. You know what? I'll just say this right now. I can really appreciate when stories end when they should. So I'm going to give some more props to Cowboy Bebop just for ending at the right time. And I can guarantee when we do come back to animes, we're definitely coming back to this one and watching a bunch more episodes. Because... Whether you like it or not, Remington, is irrelevant. It's such a staple in the anime community. We have to watch it to help understand our audience and what everyone else considers to be quality. And 
as we go out through the show, you'll start to understand more of the characters' motivations as you get more hints into their past. Uh, Spike's past is the one that's explored first. I wanted to get us to episode 5, but as we've said before, life gets in the way of things. Yeah. Episode 5 is where you start getting a pretty big chunk of Spike's past. And that's where things start to go, oh, he's not exactly just a charismatic bounty hunter. He has some kind of dark secrets in the past. And I can accept that, and I sort of expect that. But nonetheless, and of course, this is an opinion without seeing that as of now. But I would be surprised if that made me change my opinion of him, though it very well could. Now, moving on to... Another character, the second most important character of the first three episodes, Jet. Mm -hmm. uh, he's right there with Spike, their bounty hunters together, right? Yep. He's kind of Spike's counter, if you will. He's very straightforward and serious a lot of the time, but at the same time has his own little charismatic flair that makes him interesting in the same way as Spike, but definitely not the same character. Yeah, it's difficult to say much about him in the first three episodes. He had some nice moments, but ultimately there wasn't enough to decide exactly who he is or if I really care about him too much. He had some good moments. He had some bland moments. I don't have a whole lot to say about him at the end of the day right now. I like to think he is quite a good character, especially as you learn more about him and all of his other interactions with the crew. Because he's kind of the straightforward bounty hunter, the guy that is kind of like the anchor point, I suppose you could say, he has a lot of really good moments trying to keep Spike and all the other members of the Bebop in line, where at the same time, whenever he goes offline, it becomes a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, and then we have our fourth character of the crew we were introduced to, who hasn't quite joined the crew, but I know she's going to join the crew, and that's Faye Valentine. Yeah, she's in the title sequence. It's kind of a giveaway. <laughs> yeah, it's somewhat <laughs> apparent. And by the way, that title sequence phenomenal it's one of the best title sequences in anime like i said it's so good it's a very james bond old school western style spy movie type of intro with a really kick-ass jazz theme i'm giving the show a six to six and a half i'm giving that intro a straight nine and a half it is so good right and that's what's really good about the show is the music in general. And we can talk more about that in a second. Of course. But right now, talking about Faye, she was my second favorite character. But that's largely because I always really enjoy a femme fatale type character who's in control, who's manipulative. And also the whole gambling and cheating themes. Those are very close to my heart. So, of course, I'm going to adore those. I mean, Rem, you're kind of a femme fatale as is. <laughs> what can I say? I try. You just got a little too much of a little something-something that'll uh, prevent you from the femme part. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed her as a character. I think she adds an interesting dynamic. And I would say that the dynamics between all the characters is starting to shape up to be an interesting one. So that definitely is a positive. Yeah, because aren't you glad that the characters aren't immediately enamored with each other? They have their problems with each other, but you can tell that they have some kind of cohesion. Oh, without a doubt. Your comparison to a certain Marvel film was very <laughs> astute, actually. <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, because they start off, some of them don't dislike each other, some of them are friends already, and then they all end up working together in the end. I hate how accurate that uh, comparison is, One honestly. thing we've learned with this podcast, Sean, is my bullshit analogies are amazingly accurate most of the time. Most of the time. There, there's some asterisks there. I still have a hard time with some of the food analogies, man. <laughs> well, continuing on, one of the things that I was undecided on were a lot of the little touches 
that Cowboy Bebop had, one in particular, they have a bounty hunter channel, right? They have a bounty hunter channel for all the bounty hunters and all their bounty hunter news. And I really liked the idea and the flair behind it. I just wish that the execution on that was a bit better or more interesting because it ends up just being an exposition dump every single time where, hey, this is what this episode's going to be about. This is who the villain is. This is who you're going after. Here's what's happening right now. And it was such an exposition dump every single episode that I really wish they could have explored that in a different way. I'll tell you right now, not every episode will have that show. The first episode didn't. And a bunch of the other episodes after don't. They will go back to it back and forth here and there. But nonetheless, the first episode, along with those following, also had moments separate from that, which were complete exposition dumps as well. Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's going to happen. Here's who you are. Here's who I am. And it was weird because Cowboy Bebop, it would have some great moments of very subtle foreshadowing, very subtle intrigue. When Spike talks about how he's been killed by a woman before and you're wondering well how could he have been killed before he's standing right there right and so that's really interesting but at the same time it will also beat you over the head with very obvious facts in the most telling not showing way possible so often and the fact that it can go back and forth i really wish they just stuck to the showing and the foreshadowing rather than the exposition dumps that have been so prominent i'm gonna tell you right now remington the only major exposition dumps you usually get are in the individual episodes about the individual bounties the foreshadowing for the characters is just like that. The characters that you care about and you see repeatedly is always very underhanded. It's very subtle foreshadowing in a lot of ways. But again, since that's spread out over 26 episodes, you're only going to get these little tiny bits and pieces of flavor. And the fact that they only have 23 minutes to condense into a whole story means that they kind of have to give that exposition to you some way. And, well, there's not a lot of very subtle creative ways to do that while getting you the whole story. Because they want you to have the whole story in an, in an individual episode, but they also want to have some underlying foreshadowing for the characters themselves and where they're going and how they're going to end up in the end. Of course. Uh, one quick question, Sean, about th this world with all of these characters. So, we have Spike and Jet, who are bounty hunters. And they're also struggling for money desperately uh, to the point where sometimes they struggle to afford even food, right? Aren't there easier jobs out there to make money than bounty hunting? Yes, but if you're really good at something, Remington, you gotta, gotta stick with it. And plus it's quick money, and to them it seems like a fairly straightforward, easy gig. The problem is, is they are good at their jobs. They just have the worst luck in the entire galaxy. So why don't you go and do something more stable where you're less inclined to have bad luck with a bunch of crazy people around you at every time? Do you think these misfits could get a real job somewhere and be happy with it? There was a fortune teller that's bird would tell you about your life. I think there's a path for anybody. <laughs> and their path happens to be on the Bebop, showing us a great anime. Ah, uh, I'm not sure if that's a great answer, but I'll accept it. <laughs> one thing, one thing though, that I will not accept. In episode three, one of the main plot points is you have this casino, and in this casino there's supposed to be a transaction from a dealer's chip from a guest to a dealer who is Faye Valentine, right? And that person looks a bit like Spike, 
And so she thinks because her her panel that's supposed to show his picture is blurring out a bit and glitching out a bit that Spike is this man who's supposed to give her the magic dealership that has a little microchip in it, right? Right. And then he doesn't, but then Spike and that guy run into each other and they bump and they just happen to switch dealerships. Oh, whoopsie. <laughs> That was the stupidest thing I've seen in a real long time. That was just a series of unrealistic events that just add up to, wait, and then this happens because just, it just dies. Well, it kind of plays into the theme of luck overall because that's a big factor of this series. No, you, you cannot say, oh no, you see, luck is a big factor in the entire series. So when crazy unrealistic things happen just because they're really convenient to plot, you can't blame them for it. That's not them not being creative. That's not them not creating a well-driven story that is self-sustaining. That's just the major theme of luck. You can't do that. I ain't gonna allow that. <laughs> this is an example of something Cowboy Bebop did wrong, and it's gonna it's gonna be real hard to talk me out of that. Well, I mean, haven't you seen plenty of other films and TV where the same thing happens? You know, Velma running into Johnny Bravo and them switching their glasses by mistake. Haven't you seen that? Yes, and the only time that is done well is if it's done in complete slapstick or parody. Every time it's done seriously, it is bad. Well, I mean, it could happen. It could. Anything could. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's okay when it just happens to happen in an anime or in any show where all actions are supposed to make sense. Makes a little sense. <laughs> in a casino, a lot of strange things happen to casino. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, at the end of the day, though, it's just a bunch of little things that prevent me from loving Cowboy Bebop. I think that it's a pretty good anime, and if somebody were to say, I'm watching Cowboy Bebop, want to sit down with me and watch it, I'd pick up the popcorn and I'd enjoy for a little while. Or if it was on in the background as I'm doing something else, great. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be something that I'm going to search for because it didn't capture me the way like other certain animes have it hasn't captured me or captured my intrigue or made me charmed in any large part so you're saying it kind of fails the first three episode rule that we tend to stand by here in the anime community it definitely does for me i think that maybe eventually it'll reach that point where it's super captivating but that isn't in the first three episodes and potential is there so i wouldn't be surprised if it becomes super engrossing engaging and everything else but for those first three episodes it was good and nothing more hmm very interesting opinion. I'm glad it's not a negative one because I could not handle any more hate on things I've loved from my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and, and hopefully uh, Andrew is also pleased with that opinion. For now. <laughs> For now. Because we will come back to this one, Remington, eventually, because I want you to finish a lot of these animes that we go through. As, as well as uh, whatever else Andrew recommended to you, without telling me or even our fans what other anime Andrew recommended. Do you think I'll like that one? Not as much as Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> Just knowing you? That feels like it's probably a no. All right, Andrew, I don't know what other anime you recommended, but when we get to it, I'm probably not going to like it. <laughs> you might like it. You might like it. It's very character-centric as well, but it's a, it's a different animal, let's just say. <laughs> and honestly, 
aside from talking about the visuals and the soundtrack, which are fantastic. Yeah, I think everyone can agree, especially the soundtrack. The visuals were pretty good. I didn't think there were anything special yet again, but probably like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. The soundtrack, so good. I loved the jazz especially. We do not see that enough. So well done. Mm -hmm. And overall, it's a really good anime, and there won't be very many negative opinions around. The only time you'll ever see a negative opinion for Cowboy Bebop are naysayers and the people that are super against liking things. You know the people I'm talking about, Remington. You got contrarians or hipsters, basically. Basically. Is there a specific... Oh, they say, there has to be, like, an animeified term for hipsters that exists. I don't know if you know it, but it has to exist. I mean, Weeb kind of covers that a little bit. A little bit, I guess. But yeah, there's not a specific term for an anime hipster. They're just hipsters. Oh, it's gotta exist somewhere. I'll, I I'll believe do... that it exists somewhere. I will do some research for you, Remington. <laughs> I'll see if I can pull something up. But right, perfect. don't get your hopes up. Maybe we can coin a term ourselves. Oh boy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be exciting? Coining an anime term. I... Having our name slapped to that forever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would catch on like wildfire. Yeah, because we have such a big following. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love every single one of you. Please don't leave us alone. And we get very lonely. <laughs> so, all in all, do you think you'd want to sit down and watch some more episodes of Cowboy Bebop with me? Yeah! Sure. Perfect! I can't wait! <laughs> Alright, well, thank you guys so much for watching. If you enjoyed our program, do us a favor, leave some feedback. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you listen to us at. Truly, that is super helpful, and if you could tell a friend, even better. Meanwhile, if you'd like to contact us directly, you can send an email over onto animeoutofcontext at gmail.com. Whether it is a comment, question, or hate mail, feel free to send it on over. Remington loves the hate mail, let me tell you <laughs> oh, that right yeah. now. But once again, guys, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you later, Space Cowboy. <laughs>